Welcome to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. You can get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. It's the home for football here in America and the world, really. Let's be realistic here. You can catch us at ESPNLosAngeles.com here on ESPN LA 710. And don't forget the Soccer Weekly podcast each and every week. It comes out. Jorge does a great job moments after the show. It's available. You can go to iTunes, search Soccer Weekly. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review that for us. I would appreciate it. Also trying something new this evening, Instagram Live. Check me out. Dave underscore Denholm on Instagram. We're doing the first segment of the show live here. we got a lot of great things coming up on this broadcast here this evening. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we just got a lot to get to, no question. We begin... Really, uh, certainly taking a look at uh, my LA Galaxy and MLS is appropriate for kind of a season recap of the mess that it was. But let's start with the MLS playoffs, which have looked really fantastic so far, realistically. And uh, they began, you know, with these games. Thank you, Mario Rees, my great producer, handing me something here. They begin with these games that we're going to talk about, the one-off games, right? The 3-6 versus 4-5. And that's what's on tap to begin this show. What's on tap tonight? on Soccer Weekly is sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company. Embrace life. Drink good beer. So we appreciate their sponsorship and support. And what we're talking about with these knockout games, everybody tells me who hates MLS or doesn't love MLS like I do, well, the regular season is meaningless at home. We saw it just minutes ago why the regular season is not meaningless. Because Atlanta United, after a brilliant first season, and no matter what happened in this game with Columbus, it was going to be a great first season. They lose on penalties after a nil-nil. You're out. Go. You're gone. 68,000 of you go home upset. And Columbus crew moves on. Because it was a one-game wild card, essentially, that they lost. That is why MLS regular season is important. The number one and two seeds have the bye. And don't tell me it's not. We saw Chicago Fire have a lovely season. Finishing higher than New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls come in, blow the fire out of the water. On the road, 4-0. And by the way, to sum up that game, I can do it this way. Chicago wasn't ready. New York was. Vancouver thrashes San Jose Earthquakes, right? 5-0. San Jose wasn't ready. Vancouver at home was. That makes all the difference. I get that. But if you saw the Red Bulls and the passing that the Red Bulls were using throughout that game, the intricate one, the give and goes, the one-twos, it was a thing of beauty. And you don't see that a lot in a playoff-type game where it's a one-off because there's so much tension and pressure, right? That happens a lot. You see games tight. Now, you would think, well, this Atlanta United-Columbus crew game ends up nil-nil. Must have been a tense kind of affair. Must not have really... No. In fact, that was quite the opposite. Both teams had great chances. Both goalkeepers, Zach Steffen and Brad Guzan, although Guzan had that real bad error late that Michael Parker saved in the 119th minute off the line. This game had everything, including great goalkeeping. And amazing chances. So it's not always the nil-nil is a tense playoff game but when you leave it to chance which one game essentially is yeah you can come out and play great and hope you get through 
Atlanta United did not play that bad. They hit the post two or three times. Zach Seffin, again, makes some great saves. That happens. You go home. So don't tell me MLS regular season doesn't mean anything. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 is the number to get involved here at ESPNLA710. Instagram Live, Dave underscore Denholm. Appreciate all the support there, especially the people who say I have a face for radio. Yeah, I get it. It's been said to me since I was four and a half, all right? It ain't that big a deal. I appreciate it, though. It always is fun to uh, hang out with you. And you're the best, too. Mr. Flores or Miss Flores. I don't know. M19 Flores, you're the best as well. I appreciate that. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter as the show continues. We always like to carry on the conversation there. I am at Talk Soccer. That's where we live here on Soccer Weekly. And if you look at the Whitecaps game, too, go back to that game against Earthquakes, right? San Jose got into the playoffs on almost the last kick of their game. The last regular season game. You remember decision day on Sunday? It was a lot of fun. I watched a lot of that. And San Jose got in on really the last kick. They needed the victory. They got the win on a late goal. It just seems like they were spent then. They kind of celebrated it like they had just won MLS Cup. That was kind of their season. San Jose cannot overreact to making the playoffs. You snuck in. You were terrible most of the year, let's be honest. And Now, the fact is I hate San Jose, so I don't really care if they, don't, if they overreact and keep going as they are. That's fine. They need to make some changes, but I'm not going to tell them what those are because I hate San Jose. However, don't overreact to getting into the postseason as a six seed and then getting dumped by Vancouver 5-0. Mario Rees, did I, I showed Mario the Christian Teixeira, the, the free kick goal. Beauty. If, wow. it, yeah. If you have not seen that goal in that Vancouver game, it's why I'm bringing up this game. If you haven't seen that goal, trust me and go check the highlights out of that thing. Just do that. You cannot score a better free kick goal. It's not physically possible. There have been some that are equal to it. Yes, it is as good as it can possibly be. And that was what I think the second goal of that match. Vancouver went and ran away from them. Again, Columbus defeats Atlanta United on PKs. Just happened minutes ago. It essentially ended. But here's the thing about penalty kicks, too, that people always come at me with. Oh, Dave, penalty kicks. How do you, First of all, you can't play all day. These teams have to go. Whoever wins has to go play another series. Right? You know, they got to go right and get back to it. You cannot play for 500 minutes like baseball or go 15 innings or whatever. You can't play forever. These guys will die out there. And secondly, secondly, if you play to a nil-nil or a tie, 1-1, one, one, whatever, you had your chances. I hate penalties because of how they make me feel. I pretty much want to throw up when I see them. I'm so nervous. Mario Reeves can attest to that just minutes ago. I don't even have a dog in the fight. Crack me up. Mario, I I was dying back there, right? I mean, I I really don't have a dog in the fight. I almost lost my late lunch that I had. I almost had to grab the, the waste paper basket in there and let it go because I was freaking out. So I don't like penalties, but I just don't have much of an argument against them in the sense if you play to a nil-nil, you get what you get. No, Atlanta and Columbus did not play badly, and it's a shame one of them had to lose that way. What else can you do? That's just the way it goes. 877-710-ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Again, we're Instagram Live-ing, I guess, Instagram Living. I don't know what that – it's Dave underscore Denholm. You can follow me there as well. We have got something coming up in just a moment or two that is uh, really, really going to be cool. we got a great conversation coming up with the great Eric Winalda, U.S. soccer legend. 
and he's joining the show, and, and he's joining it really to talk about his presidential candidacy for the United States Soccer Federation, right? We had been talking about U.S. soccer, Sunil Galati, the president, saying, you know, I'm not resigning. I don't know if I'm going to run again, though, in my final opportunity. Well, Eric Winalda has stepped up, and he is running for sure. So we're going to talk with Eric about that candidacy coming up in minutes. Also, I promise, now that we're talking MLS playoffs and everything, we're going to look ahead to those matchups, but I'm not letting my LA Galaxy off the hook. I am not. In no way, shape, or form am I going to sit here and not talk about the Galaxy's moves this past week. Pete Vianis gets demoted, essentially. He's no longer in charge of, you know, the, he's no longer the general manager, really. Although now he's something like vice president of soccer operations. I don't know what kind of demotion that is, right? In my business, when you get demoted, you end up having to go cover, like, Little League baseball for a while or something. You know, like, there's, like, legit. Like, you're fired or you're gone. But apparently at the Galaxy, you get demoted and you're just the vice president of soccer operations. But Siggy Schmidt now has control. According to Chris Klein, that's the move they made personnel-wise. And I don't love it. I don't. Uh, Make no mistake, you've heard me talk about it. I want to be LA Galaxy's general manager someday, but more importantly, I want the LA Galaxy to win right now. And I don't love this move. I do believe it's just too much in this day and age in MLS. Now, I know he's going to have some help. They're going to tell you, oh, Pete Vianis is still going to help him. They've got scouts, every, whatever. Jovan Karofsky's in, in uh, you know, a lot of this with the Galaxy. I'm not buying that. I think it's just too much to ask a manager to be the general manager as well anymore. Now, it's not to say it can't be successful. You know, maybe he'll, he'll do a great job. He'll, again, he'll have that help. But I don't love it for my LA Galaxy. And I also don't love the optics of it, if I'm being honest. It just feels, again, like let's just put our little finger in this hole as the dike is breaking down and the water's about to overtake us. That's what it feels like. It feels not completely desperate, but just kind of. Just a little bit desperate. Like we really not sure. Ah, Siggy, you go ahead. And that is not good. And I know people are commenting on Instagram live at it's Dave underscore Denholm. And I, Ron, I see that. I don't disagree necessarily. He's got less responsibility, Pete Vianis. And he, that's really the reason he's probably still around is because they got to pay him anyway, realistically. So if he's willing to take the demotion, quote unquote, then who cares? Don't get rid of him. You're paying him anyway. I love how Captain Lou is asking, when does Timothy Weah move up? Oh, boy, he looked good in that under 17. But so did a few of those guys. U.S. came up short against a very good England team. Credit to England. The three Lions look very good at the under-17 level in that U-17 World Cup. I think they're playing in the final against Spain. So full credit to England. If England goes on to win, the United States got knocked out by a great team. What are you going to do? But Timothy Weah looked very good. So did Josh Sargent. So did Andrew Carlton from Atlanta United. There's a lot of good talent that's coming down the pipe for the United States at the youth levels. Hopefully... Never for sure translates, but hopefully to translate into the national team level. Now, a guy we can talk about that with is coming up next. Eric Winalda, U.S. soccer legend. He's now presidential candidate for U.S. soccer's presidency. We will talk to him coming up next. Tell your friends to tune in. It's ESPN LA 710 Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. I am Dave Dunham. You are listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710.
Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Down Home and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. We appreciate their support. We appreciate this gentleman. Joining me now is U.S. soccer legend. He's a, a co-worker at Fox Sports. You see him all the time covering European football and MLS. And he's now a presidential candidate for U.S. soccer. And it's an honor and a pleasure to have him joining us here on Soccer Weekly, the great Eric Winalda. Eric, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Eric, uh, why are you running for U.S. soccer president? Well, I think to be, it's a great question, but it is the question. And the way I always answer it is because everybody says you're, you're running against Sunil. Galati, who is our current uh, president, and I'm not running against Sunil. I'm running for soccer. That's what I tell people. I feel that that you know we have have, have come a long way as a soccer nation, but uh, along that way, it just seems that we've forgotten about the product a little bit. And I think we were reminded of that kind of rudely a couple of Tuesday nights ago. So it, it's it's time to to focus on on soccer and and to make it better. I think I think this country deserves a lot better. What are like one or two of the first things you could do as U.S. president to focus that back on soccer on the pitch? Well, I think one of the things we realize is that when you when you start to you take a you know not the the ten thousand foot view of of this thing, but if you really get on the inside, you know one of our bigger problems is that we're so fragmented on the at, at the youth levels. Uh, and we're, we're essentially our own enemy when it comes to uh, the way that we address the development of our players. And Christian Pulisic has told, well, I would say he's taught us a lot about what exactly uh, might be wrong with our, our, our youth system and the development side. And the other problem is that, that the professional end, when we look at this in a first, second, and third division, um, we're all over the place as well. So I, I think structure even though we, we, we preach about that and we say that we've come a long way and we've celebrated, uh, I think the structure um, really needs, needs, needs some help. And, and our overall culture as a country uh, could, use, could use a reboot. We are talking with a U.S. soccer legend and now presidential candidate for uh, U.S. soccer. He is Eric Winalda joining us here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm and you are listening to ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here. Eric, there are a couple of things that really bother me about U.S. soccer. Now, there's obviously, as you said, we've come a long way and we're doing a lot of things right. One of my biggest problems is, and I've said this for 20 years, I believe soccer became big business in America before we knew what we were doing. And I Mm. still don't think that has been really rectified. Is that a symptom of something or am I wrong on that? Well, we've created our own model, haven't we? I mean, if you look at the way we run Major League Soccer, uh, our starting time and finishing points are, are very different than the rest of the world. We don't engage in, in the uh, the transfer market, which is a billion-dollar business that we've just ex- decided to look the other way from. So we, we are, are treating it like a business, but what we're starting to realize, unfortunately, Dave, is that the model isn't working. And it's it's not conducive to progress. It, it it was great as a starting point, and I think we got the you know the a free pass when it comes to the starting of a of a league from the inaugural season, in 1996 to now. Uh, we have come a long way, leaps and bounds, really. But I think aligning ourselves with the rest of the world will help. Uh, I, I I think when you look at our schedule as a as a as a league, uh, when we when we get into our playoff situation, we're up against. The, you know, the, I, I would say baseball at its best. You've got football, uh, both in the collegiate and the NFL. Um, you got the beginning of the NBA, the start of the NHL, and we're back page news. We we have to figure out a way to 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 essentially repackage this 
so that we have a signature final that people can see. We need to increase the visibility and increase the uh, television revenue dollars because that's how leagues flourish in, in this world. Now, the second issue I have, Eric, with is, and we talk about it all the time on the show, is coaching in America. Now, you've alluded to that, certainly. I genuinely think most coaches in America that at a higher level, certainly not, you know, I'm not talking kids or anything, they would rather draw nil-nil than win 4-3. And that's my biggest <laughs> problem with these coaches is a lot of times attitude. And frankly, and I don't just say this because you're on the show, I haven't seen that out of you as a coach. I've seen an attacking style that fits the players he has, and he goes out and gets talent. Am I wrong about coaching in general in the United States? Um, you know what? When you look at it, and, and I, I see what you're saying, because I've, I've noticed certain trends as well, especially lately, uh, that we put so much of an onus on, on systems of play and, and planning and, and teaching guys positional play. And, and the reality is the majority of these coaches, whether they come from a collegiate background or not, um, they address a game with a plan. And when the plan doesn't work, they don't play the game they're in. Yeah. And that's, that's something that you have to watch for uh, in a manager or a coach. That you know, when you get a 4-3 to three or a 4-2, to two or you let that game open up, and that's a trust that you might have with your players. Uh, it's a, certainly a trust that I've always had with the guys that I've, I've coached. But I let them enjoy the game, and I let them play the game uh, to their strengths. So um, a lot of times it's just a, it turns into a chess match. It's not watchable. And, and it's, it's unfortunate. It, it, it takes risk, you know, and a lot of guys aren't willing to take the risks necessary to win games these days. It's Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. We're talking with Eric Winalda. He's now a uh, presidential candidate for U.S. soccer. You can check him out on Twitter at Eric Winalda. Eric, what do you believe or what do you feel is going on with the structure of American football in the sense of NASL, USL, all these issues? How does the U.S. soccer president have to kind of glide through that, if you will? Well, there's no gliding. You know, I think, I think it's, it's, it is certainly an issue. Um, you know, it's never good to be sued. And um, some of the lawsuits that we've seen over the course of the last couple of years against the Federation, whether that be the women uh, with their discontent or, or possibly, you know, this new situation with the NASL. And, and let me explain that, that. What they're really suing for is that they feel that there's been collusion between Soccer United Mark and the United States Soccer Federation uh, and Major League Soccer. It, it's become a monopoly uh, that, that doesn't give or provide that opportunity for teams that want to play professional soccer at the second division. And they certainly, unless they're invited or come up with $200 million, will not be uh, taking part in Major League Soccer. So there's, there are some, some, some legal grounds there. And I, I do think, actually, the injunction will be on Monday, uh, the 31st. And I, I, would, I would tend to believe that that's going to go in the NASL's favor. So they'll be with us next year um, if, if all goes well for them. Um, I, I do believe that this is a huge problem, though, Dave. I mean, look, I mean, look at other leagues in the world, and it's first division, second, third, fourth, fifth. We are all over the place. We have several different leagues. There, there's players that play. Uh, they're registered with MLS teams playing in the second division, four in a USL team. Coaches are paid uh, paid for by MLS teams in the USL. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's it's a very uh, on competitive merit, I think there's some. It, it gets very problematic, and it's, on the registration alone for an open cup or something of that nature, it, it gets very confusing. So it needs to be fixed. Now, there obviously that kind of situation is very fluid, as you say, pending a lawsuit and everything. Is there something as a candidate you would say that you have an idea of how to fix that potentially? Is there, are there ideas you have for this? Well, I mean, you become a mediator in a, in a hurry, don't you? <laughs> you, you? 
I think that you never want to turn away good money. You never want to you know, have a situation. Well, right now, I mean, Rocco Camiso for the Cosmos has been very vocal uh, in his statements. And I think that this is a guy uh, who is the only soccer guy in the Forbes 400. So, I mean, there's, there's something to be thought, thought about in there um, who wants to be involved in the professional game in this country. And he's been shut out. So, of course, he's going to fight it. Uh, and I, I would I would tend to say that he's fighting this fight for, for the right reason. So. As as a president, what you would like to do is to to get everybody in a room. That's that's the number one thing that needs to happen right now. Everybody needs to get in a room, and you don't come out of there until it's fixed. And and it's going to take some cooperation and maybe some concessions. But if we're going to make this work in this country, we all have to be in it for the same reasons. We all have to want the same thing, and that's for the United States to be a world soccer power, not bomb out and not even make it to the dance. Uh, amen. I agree with that. Everybody agrees with that. Let's be realistic. But, Eric, you, you know, you've kind of alluded to it in, in other interviews and, and now starting your candidacy here for the U.S. soccer president. It's not just about the U.S. men's national team at the highest level. We have women who have been very successful, and, and that stuff all has to be meshed together in that job. What are your thoughts on, on the, the on the women's side? You, you alluded to it a little bit with the pay scale and the things that they're, you know, one in the future, where do you stand on the U.S. women's national team? Well, I mean, even more uh, depressing was Megan Rapinoe's uh, comments about FIFA just doesn't care yeah. um, about the, the women's game. And, you know, whether you agree with that or not, I think that's sad that that statement was made. And, you know, we have to look at what our women have accomplished. And we need to honor them and celebrate not, not just what they're co- uh, capable of doing in the future, but what they've already done. They got three stars on that jersey. There's not a that, that's something that we need to understand uh, and, and, and have the, the ability to figure out ways that we, we can integrate what the women have done into all the fabric of our history and not forget that it ever happened. We need to celebrate it. So, look, as far as what they've already earned, they've made their history. The men need to make some. And I think, I think um, there are ways to accomplish that. I did say on the record that rip up that deal that they signed on April 4th. The only, only reason why I said that is because it does not represent um, a, a partnership. It does not represent the kind of relationship that our federation needs to have with its players. I lived it. I lived it. And there's not many players that don't despise the federation uh, that went through the era that I was in or maybe in the era after. And I, I could certainly, uh, I don't want to speak for them, but I know the women feel the same way. That needs to be fixed. That's a relationship that needs to get a, get better in a hurry. He is an absolute U.S. soccer legend. He's now the presidential candidate for U.S. soccer. Eric, I want to end it with this. I had a, t- a guy tweet in. Donald tweets in. Does this interview, Dave Denholm, lead to your endorsement of Eric Winalda for U.S. soccer president? And I will say this here and right now, yes, emphatically it does. I will fully endorse you, Eric, as uh, the next U.S. Uh, soccer president. Good luck to you, and thank you for joining us here. Well, all that means, Dave, is that, that if I win, soccer wins. That means we all win, and exactly. that's, that's what we all want, so good man. Amen. Good luck to you. Eric Winalda, soccer legend here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I truly appreciate him taking the time. I wish him nothing but the best. And indeed, I'll be honest with you, now that he is off the air, I'll say this. And I haven't told anybody this on the air, none of you, Mario, Jorge, anybody else. I genuinely, before I found out Eric Winalda was running, I talked to a few people about running myself as the, uh, as the U.S. soccer president, and I wasn't messing around. I had talked to a few people that I thought I could get the nom. You have to go through a nominating process. You've got to get three organizations. I was making the uh, efforts, let's say. And uh, But once I found out Eric Winaldo was doing it, I genuinely liked what he was talking about. That's why I wanted to have him on here. I'll be happy to talk to other candidates, certainly. There are some fine 
people running for U.S. soccer president. It's not as though I want to only speak with Eric Ronaldo, but I do fully endorse what he's talking about and how to make this game better in America. And I really wish him nothing but the best because I know he's serious about it, genuinely. And it's, you know, look, it's an unpaid position. I would have had to take a pay cut. I get it. And, so, you know, obviously it's just an unpaid position. It's not something you want to mess around with. It is a very important position, but it doesn't happen to be a paid position. And that's how you know people are serious, frankly. And I'm not even saying that it should be a paid position necessarily. But I like what he's saying. And I hope you appreciated that interview. I do appreciate Eric Winalda taking the time. Check him out on Twitter, at Eric Winalda. I'm Dave Denholm. You can find me on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. We continue the conversation. What did you like? What did you not like about what's going on with this U.S. soccer presidential candidacy? I guess not just Eric, but all of them. What's going on? What do you want to see, let's say, out of the next U.S. soccer president? It was good to hear from Eric. I want to hear from you at 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Plus, we talk LA Galaxy and MLS playoffs. Those two things are mutually exclusive this year because we didn't even make it. I'm looking up and saying, oh, man, I really think San Jose really stunk in that game, losing five. We didn't even make it. Shame on me for mocking San Jose earthquakes for making the playoffs. As much as I hate those pukes from up north, they made it. We were the worst team in MLS, so don't think I'm letting them off the hook here as we wrap up the first half. We got a long way to go. Another half here. We're about to start the second half of Soccer Weekly. You stay with us. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. You know what I like? What I heard from Eric Winaldo, who's running for U.S. soccer president. We just had him on just moments ago. And don't forget, you can if you missed that interview somehow, you can check that out on our podcast, which is out not long after the show each and every week. Go to iTunes, search Soccer Weekly, subscribe, rate, and review, please. That will help us immensely. If you hate me, that's fine. I can take it. I, I get it all the time. It's all right. I understand if you don't like the show. But what I like what I heard from Eric Winalda is, and I don't say this lightly, he's a serious candidate. He's not messing around. This is not some guy who's going out for publicity. This is not some stunt. Eric Winalda is a serious candidate. And I like what I heard, and I take him seriously over it. He knows what he's talking about. And that's what we need at this time. Again, and he's alluded to it. You don't just come in as U.S. soccer president and wave a magic wand and everything's great. It's politics. There's a lot going on. It's not just the U.S. men's national team. It's not just the U.S. women's national team. There's so many aspects of that job. And he knows that. And he's ready for it. And I do appreciate his time. It's great stuff here. 877-710-ESPN. Have you been watching the MLS playoffs? Because if you haven't, you have missed out on a lot already. I know the fourth game is just about to get going, or is already going, frankly. That fourth one-off game between Houston and Sporting Kansas City. And I can't believe how good Sporting KC is, and yet they find themselves in this one-off game. It's always a dangerous thing. And it's why I say year after year, and people just constantly mock me until this kind of stuff happens, and then they forget about it, MLS regular season does matter. You don't want to be the team that has a fine regular season, falls apart a little bit because, oh, this regular season doesn't really matter, and you find yourself in a fourth-place one-off game. And you lose and you're gone, much like baseball's wild card. How empty do you feel as a baseball fan when your team somehow sneaks into a wild card spot and you get one game and you're done? 
Well, it's no different for these MLS sides. Atlanta United has been on fire, has been riding high, has been feeling so good about what they've done. And believe me, they still should. I know they don't feel that right now after losing to Columbus on PKs just about a half hour ago. They should be feeling good. Instead, they feel empty. Almost 70,000 people went to that game for Atlanta United at their new stadium and went home feeling empty. Chicago Fire brings in Schweinsteiger, brings in Nemanja Nikolic, who leads MLS in goals this year. They turn that team around. This is a team under Velko Ponovic now. This is an organization that's been dreadful. One of the worst in MLS for years. They turn it around, have a very nice season. They're a home team for this one-off, and they get dumped by New York 4-0. You tell me the regular season doesn't matter? I point you to teams that get the bye so they can at least play two games. That matters. It matters big time. Don't tell me you want to play a one-off game like these teams are doing. They're painful. Chicago Fire gave up two goals early. They were done. Done. Their fans had to sit through the next 70 minutes of misery and finally end up losing 4-0. Vancouver destroys San Jose 5-0. I'm not going to cry over that. I hate San Jose. But it's a one-off. One and done. That's painful after a whole season. Months. It's just like baseball. Uh, There was a few years ago where my team, you know, look, you get into a wild card playoff game, you're done in like three hours. It's just the whole stinking, I almost said not a real battle, the whole stinking season up in smoke after six and a half, seven months in MLS on one game. So don't tell me they don't matter. They do. But I trade all of I trade all the pain and misery of one game in the playoffs and getting dumped, rather than having to suffer through what we suffered through with my LA Galaxy this year and your LA Galaxy. And LA makes some moves, and I want to hear from you now. LA decides it's enough to just hand over everything to Siggy Schmidt in the personnel department. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Hit me up on Twitter if you prefer, at Talk Soccer. That's not enough. Pete Viadas gets demoted. Yeah, okay, they fired Curtin Awful early in the year, who, by the way, had a better record than Siggy Schmidt would end up having this season. Doesn't mean Anolfo didn't need to be fired. Sorry, it's professional sport. you got to go. But he wasn't the whole... Issue by any means. Kurt Anolfo knows it, and now the LA Galaxy really know it. I know it, you know it. So, in essence, for the worst season we've ever had, the worst team in MLS, which is hard to say with a league that has the Colorado Rapids and DC United in it, but we were the worst. What happens is one dude gets fired super early, And one guy who was responsible for it gets demoted and still gets paid. Which, again, is probably the case where he had a contract where he was going to have to get paid anyway. But so what? It's optics. What are the optics for the LA Galaxy? My LA Galaxy. It don't look good right now. These are not good optics. You suffered through the worst season ever and these are the changes you make? Quote unquote changes? Uh, don't worry, everybody. 
the dude who was responsible for the soccer operations, along with the Ovan Karofsky and Chris Klein, and now it's you know Pete Vinas. Well, don't worry, we're going to put him in a smaller office down the. He's going to get a closet now instead of his big office. And Siggy Schmid, who was fired from Seattle mid-season, and by the way, Seattle recovered and went on to win last year after they fired Siggy. He's going to come in, have a worse record than the dude we just fired, but we're going to give him all the power now because he's going to save the day. And now I'm starting to get fired up because for a long time, I give the guys the benefit of the doubt over there. All right, I like Chris Klein. I do. I like Pete Vianis. Always had a good relationship with him. Everybody did in the media. But this is not acceptable. This is sugarcoating. And what is AEG doing with this? What are they going to do? Well, we'll spend money. That'll take care of it. If the dudes you have in place know who to go get. Siggy Schmidt was fired from Seattle. They went on to win with another coach. When they were having a horrific season before he was fired. It was the next dude who came in and got him turned around. Nico Lodero helped. I get it. No doubt. But this is still essentially the same organization that just had the worst record in MLS. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Or hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. That is not enough. And again, in sports where, let's just put it this way, I don't want to see people get fired. I don't especially in MLS, because I'll be perfectly honest with you, guys with real jobs in MLS in front offices, they're not getting paid like the guys from the New York Yankees are getting paid either. These are real guys with real fa- – I get it. I don't care if a coach in the NBA or NFL gets fired. They just make too much money. They're fine. I mean, they don't have to work again a day in their life. I don't care. I don't want to hear their sob story. It's not the same as the dude down in the coal mine that got laid off. It's not. These are not real workers. Yes, they work hard doing their job. This is a, a mythical entertainment level. The NFL, NBA, MLB, MLS is not there. These guys are going to have to go work again. I don't want to see people get fired. But it is professional sports. It's what you sign up for. And if you have a season like my LA Galaxy did, you have to have more than just reshuffling the dreaded chairs on the deck of the Titanic, as the old cliche goes. Guess what? The ship is still going down. We still have a lot of work to do. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll get a phone call here before this next one. Ronald's next up. Uh, Ronald and Delano, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. What's up, Ronald? Hey, Dave. I just wanted to say I'm not very optimistic for next year. and I'm not just talking coaching-wise or front office-wise. I'm talking talent-wise from our academy level and G2s and on. Not very optimistic. It wasn't real good this year, and clearly they weren't ready to come up this season from last year's team, right? We saw that, Ronald. They tried to use a lot of G2, and it just – there was a reason there was a two behind the name of the team they played for last season, a lot of these guys. I'm not disagreeing with you. Look, I love Efren Alvarez. I think he could be one of the greats of U.S. soccer for his age. We'll see. He's got a long way to go. He's only, what, 15. But there's some talent at, 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 at Galaxy, too. Just, you know, not ready for next season. I'm with you there. And the problem becomes, Ronald, you're just literally, like, doing a shell game with us as fans. Like, hey, we mixed it up a little bit. Ta-da. Everything's going to be fine next year. I'm not buying that. And we're behind the recruiting. According to Kevin Klein, I mean, Chris Klein, work 
behind on recruiting. We're behind on times on scouting. That kind of bothered me. We shouldn't be. We're a dynasty team. How is that possible? And I'll tell you why it is, Ronald, in my estimation. For a long time, the Galaxy, virtually every time they went the DP route, now there's with some exceptions, of course, they hit. They hit a home run, right? Both on and off the field. Of course, David Beckham. Once he got over his issues initially with the fans and, and you know, his loan out to Italy, this guy came over and spilled his guts for us at StubHub Center, which was then obviously not StubHub Center. He won titles, right? And and thank you for the phone call, Ronald. And then we got, you know, Robbie Keane and landed. I mean, we were hitting home run after home run after home run. We have some minor but notable exceptions, admittedly. However, they always were willing to do that. Now you're trying to go a different direction. And you're telling us the scouting is not quite up to par because we didn't need it for so long. Well, guess what? When you build an organization, be it MLS, the, the Lakers, whoever, you've got to be ready on all parts of that, meaning you've got to be ready to go sign the biggest DP you can at top dollar, which the Galaxy have done. Kudos to Philip Anschutz and AEG. What a... What an owner. I mean, seriously. Fantastic. But you also have to make sure your organization is ready, scouting and bringing in players that make a lot of difference. The Galaxy have been so weak depth-wise over the last, I mean, several years. Even when we were good, frankly, I think our bench was weak often. That is unacceptable. It's also unacceptable if you're not following us here on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Go to iTunes. Google Soccer Weekly, or not Google, search Soccer Weekly on iTunes, and subscribe, rate, and review each and every week. Appreciate the love that the podcast has been getting. Hey, we still have our favorite segment of the show. You'll find out what that is and what we're talking about coming up. Soccer Weekly, Dave Dunham and you, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, Puente Hills Toyota. Dot com Always been a great supporter of the show. We fully appreciate them and their work. We also appreciate you at Talk Soccer on Twitter. Keep the conversation going throughout the week here and on Twitter. And uh, thanks so much for listening here on ESPN LA 710, the home of world football in Southern California. If you missed our interview with Eric Winalda, U.S. soccer legend and now presidential candidate for U.S. soccer, check out the podcast each and every week, Soccer Weekly on iTunes subscribe, rate, review it. I don't care if you hate me. That's fine. Be honest. I can take it. I'll learn from it. If you love it, I appreciate that as well. I do love MLS playoffs. I don't love this first half of Houston and Sporting Kansas City. It's the nil-nil you don't want, apparently. That's what a lot of people are talking about. Whereas opposed to the nil-nil with Atlanta United and Columbus crew, teams back and forth, great interworking, the passing. Uh, Miguel Almiron rocking the post after Zach Steffen gets a hand on a ball early that could have changed the game. Steffen had a magnificent game. I saw one tweet. Oh, I wish I could uh, to uh, quote who it was. But they said, uh, dear U.S. men's national team's next coach. His name is Zach Steffen. A remarkable game in net. And that is a word that you just don't throw around lightly. At least I don't. It was remarkable what he did, including the uh, penalty kill, the penalties. He was like a hockey goalie, penalty kill. He he stopped a couple of fantastic shots on the PKs, fantastic saves. And it gets Columbus crew past Atlanta United, even on a nil-nil. And then, of course, Wednesday's games. But these are leading into the two-leg ties. Let me explain those a little bit for those of you who just love this great radio show and don't really even love soccer. You just love good radio. 
Two-leg ties in MLS. The higher-seeded number, in other words, the worst team, hosts the first game. It's all about goals in two legs, right? Much like Champions League. It's not about like wins, losses. It's about goals over the two games. So score more goals and you move on. That's what I love about what they've done with the MLS playoffs. Remember back in the days when it was like, you had to get like four points. You had to win a shootout and then a regular game. It was the best. It was an ugly mess in the old days of MLS. You could, in fact, I really think MLS, Major League Soccer. Everybody talks back in the day of oh Major League Soccer. They shouldn't call it that. You know what they should have done back in the early days of MLS. And you know who you are. You like I'm looking across the glass from two guys who know what early years of MLS were like. They should have had MLS, but the S should have been the small letter because it was barely soccer with some of the rules they had. Am I right? The shootout. I even remember Eric Winalda taking some of those shootouts after tied games. Overtimes. The clock counted the wrong way. I mean, it was a disgrace, really. It was so trying to Americanize it for all you Philistines out there who still hate soccer. And they, all you unwashed, it was ridiculous. It should have been a little S at the end of the ML and then just a tiny S. It wasn't even barely soccer. Now, and it's been many years, thankfully, they're doing it right. And much like we're doing on the show and here at ESPN LA 710. And much like you're doing by following me on Twitter at TalkSoccer. But you know what time it is. It is my favorite time of the show. It is stoppage time. The gentleman I made reference to a few times on this show, the great producer of Soccer Weekly here, and he also produces the uh, Laker Talk each and every big shot now here, the great Mario Reese. Watch out, watch out. How are you, baby? Dave, your favorite athlete of all time, Rafa Marquez, is back, baby. He's back with Atlas. But what what about his future with Mexican national team? Remember, uh, Marquez was sanctioned on uh, August 9th by the U.S. Treasury Department for allegedly links with a (laughs) drug trafficking organization following a multi-year investigation. Shockingly, he was back on Wednesday night with Atlas, and he was on the sidelines, and he was warming up, and he was stretching out. But there was no official announcement from Atlas, no explanation about the legality of Marquez. Suddenly, he was just out there, Dave. I can't stand this dude. He is the worst athlete of all time, in my estimation. After what he did to Kobe Jones, using his own head as like a spear back in 2002 to try to decapitate Kobe, who we love. Right? I mean, that was a. He should have been banned for years for that, genuinely. He knew what he was doing. He went right to the ear hole of Kobe Jones Mm -hmm. with no intent on the ball. Should have been banned for years. He's just, just a scummy player, a terrible human being. Right? As if he couldn't get any more cuddly, allegedly cavorting with the, you know, drug kingpins. Yeah, as if he couldn't just get more warm and fuzzy, this guy. Just, ah, oh, can't stand him. So, I, future with the U, with the Mexican side. He's 98 years old, this guy. Get him out. He's going after bum. his fifth World Cup. Terrible. He's trying to make history. He didn't in deserve Russia. to play in one. <laughs> Bad. Just get him out. Oh, can't stand him. Yeah, get him out. <laughs> All right, so Columbus Crew have been getting support from fans all over. Sure. Not just in Ohio. I'm talking about all over the MLS. Fans are trying to keep the crew from moving the franchise to Austin, Texas. Now, uh, legendary rapper DJ Bismarck is even showing support for the crew. Check this out. Crew, you got what I need. Yep. You got to save the crew. 
You got to say the crew. Oh, baby, you. Crew, you got what I <laughs> need. Marquee, that's a huge support right there. That is awesome. Yeah, if you want to go show your support for the crew, use hashtag save the crew on your social media, Dave. Yeah, Mario, I don't, I, I don't say that lightly either, really. I, it is, we talked about it last week on the show a yeah. lot and, you know, didn't get to it as much this week, certainly. We talked about it with, uh, uh, with our friend Jeff Carlisle from ESPN FC last week a lot. It is troubling, and look, here's the thing. I'll say it again. It's troubling, but it's look, it happens, unfortunately. It is not as though this is some Paul or Pox on MLS. Like, if a team moves, oh, my goodness, it means the league has just failed miserably. It is bad. It hurts. We've got an NFL team. We've got... Two NFL teams that just moved here, right? One of them a year previous that plays right here. We've got an NFL team that belonged back in L.A. Yeah, it hurt St. Louis that they left, right? Nobody likes that. But they deserve to be back in L.A. The Rams belong here. Now, then we get another one that really doesn't belong here, realistically, the Chargers. Nobody. I mean, come on. They'll be fine. It's the NFL. They're not going to fail. It's ridiculous to even think that. They'll be fine. But, I mean, it happens in other sports, too. And it's not the death knell of MLS if a team moves. I don't want to see it. I'm an Ohio guy. I went to Columbus Crew Games. I really want them to stay. But in a weird way, it kind of means MLS really has made it in a lot of ways. When owners are really trying to go after that next great market, again, I hope they stay. Make no bones about that. I don't think necessarily Austin, Texas is the next great market. But it's not the last time someone's going to threaten to move an MLS expansion team. It just isn't. Mario Reese, thank you so much for stoppage time help. Jorge, thank you as well. I am David Hedlund. Thanks so much to you, most importantly, the fans here of Soccer Weekly. I want to hear from you at Talk Soccer. Keep the conversation going there. Follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm. I Instagram live the first segment of the show. Once again, thanks to the great Eric Winalda for sharing his thoughts on his presidential candidate for U.S. soccer. I'm Dave Denholm. You have been listening to Soccer Weekly here on the home of world football, ESPN LA 710.